Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 27 of Revelation chapter 13. And we're going to be reading verse 14, Revelation 13, verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. We were discussing this in our last study, looking at verse 14, and we saw that the image made to the beast is after the likeness of the beast. That's what the word image points to. Just as Christ asked for a coin when the Pharisees and scribes were questioning him, um, is it lawful to pay tribute money to Caesar? And Jesus asked for a coin and said, whose image and superscription is this? And they said, Caesar's. And then Christ said, well, give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And so the image on the coin was a likeness to Caesar, and therefore belonged to Caesar. And God here is saying that the beast, who is Satan, has an image made of him. It is an image of the beast, and therefore it is a likeness to Satan. Now when we we realize that Satan is a spirit being, and you can't draw a spirit being, you can't make an image of a spirit being. When people try to do this, they're they're always wrong. And that's why the the idea, the picture that people have of Satan of the red cape and horns and and uh, the dastardly mustache and the pitchfork is so way off base because he's a fallen angel. And angels are spirit beings. The good angels are uh, ministers to the heirs of salvation. The fallen angels are able to go around on the earth and cause trouble. And, and Satan is a fallen angel a spirit being that you cannot really make an image of, but we know his character. He is a liar. He is the father of lies, the Bible says. And when he was loosed, he entered into the churches and congregations of the world and took his seat as the man of sin, and the church began to take on his image, not a physical image, but the image or likeness of Satan, which is deceitfulness, lies and falsehoods and errors and and so forth. That's the kind of image that is fashioned after the beast. And so it says here uh, at the end of verse 14, make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And 
That's similar to what we read back in verse 3 of Revelation 13. I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And we spent some time discussing that verse and tying it in together with Satan's binding at the cross, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. And the Word of God is likened to a sword. So, it says in Revelation thirteen fourteen, He had the wound by a sword. Christ struck the blow. Christ wounded the beast, Satan, at the cross. And, and Christ is likened to the Word of God and the Word to a sword. So, it, it was a, uh, as, as though a sword is what wounded him, a deadly wound, when Satan was bound for the figurative thousand-year period that represented the entire church age, and he was as though cast into a bottomless pit and shut up into the pit where he could not bind the hearts of the people of the nations as he had been able to do so previously. While he was bound, God sent forth the gospel, evangelizing the world, establishing churches in all the nations of the world, and and establishing a presence for the word of God amongst the nations of the world. And so we know that the image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live, must be Satan. Only Satan qualifies as having that deadly wound and and yet living at the time of the end uh, because at the time of the end, he was loosed. That means the death blow was struck in the first century A.D. and then, incredibly, in the 20th century, at the time of the end of the church age, almost 2,000 years later, he's loosed his deadly wound appears to have been healed due to his loosing. And and so now uh, an image to the beast is made. They, they should make an image to the beast. And it is the churches and congregations of the world that uh, it could have been said previously had the likeness of Christ because Christ is the truth. And insofar as a church was faithful to the word of God, the Bible... They bore that likeness. And yet now the Spirit of Christ has abandoned the church and Satan has entered in. And the church begins to take upon itself that likeness. In verse 15 of Revelation 13 it says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. You know, the the name of Satan that God assigned him for the Great Tribulation, the beast, is mentioned 16 times in Revelation chapter 13. A very strong emphasis upon that name, that the beast is the one that has been given rule over the churches and congregations. And and now we read in verse 15 that he had power to give life unto 
the image of the beast. And the image of the beast, again, um, you, you can't make an image of Satan, not a literal image. And so we shouldn't think of the image of the beast as though it were carved in wood and, and then decked with silver and gold as other idols that we read about in the Bible. That's not what's in view. It, it is an idol uh, as the people in the churches will be worshiping this image. It is without any question idolatry. It, it is another God that they are bowing down to, not the God uh, of the Bible, the only true God, but it is not um, a, a literal idol at all. And where it says here that he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, the Greek word translated as life is not the typical Greek word for life. Uh, there, There is a Greek word zoe, that is much more commonly used for life. This particular Greek word is only translated here as life. And, and, uh, that, that makes sense because actual life is, is in God. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no life in, in Satan. There is no life in, in certainly in any idol that would be made to Satan. And so God uh, carefully does not use the word for life. But this word is the Greek word pneuma, which is often translated as spirit or ghost. This is the word, uh, for instance, in Matthew 1, we won't turn there, but in verses 18 and 20, where we read of the Holy Ghost, the word Ghost is this word pneuma, and it's also translated as spirit. In John chapter 4, and I'll turn there, in John 4, when Jesus is speaking uh, with the woman at the well, it says in verse 22, as she was a Samaritan woman, Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And by the way, you know, um, we often speak of true believers as compared to just the ordinary term believer. And some people sometimes, they wonder, well, why do you qualify that and and always refer to true believers. Well, the reason is that we live in a world of about 2 billion professed Christians and and they're professed Christians. They they say they're a Christian, they believe they're a Christian. Uh, but the reality is they're not truly a Christian. And so they're a believer, but they're not a true believer and here the Lord Jesus in John 4.23, uh, he, he also makes that kind of a distinction with the word worshipers. Uh, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, not just the worshipers, uh, as there are many believers, there uh, there's a world full of worshipers of God. There's 
all sorts of worshippers of God that are false worshippers. They, they are worshipping something they believe is God. The Muslims worship their idea of God. The Hindus worship their idea of God. The Buddhists worship their idea of God. And, and again, Christendom in the corporate church worships what they believe is God. And yet, they are not true worshipers. The true worshipers, it says, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And, and so we worship through the Holy Spirit that God has given to his saved people through the new spirit, the new heart God has granted each one that he has saved. And we worship God in truth through the true and faithful teachings of the Bible. There, There is not a thousand truths. There's not even two truths. There is one truth that the Bible presents, that the Bible lays out. And the Bible determines... And, and we can discover that truth, if God is gracious to us, by comparing spiritual things with spiritual things, or scripture with scripture, and then the Holy Ghost teacheth, and what the Holy Ghost teaches is truth. And, and God has said, the Holy Ghost will lead you, or guide you into all truth. And, and those things are, are found through a careful, study of the Bible using the proper biblical methodology of here a little, there a little, and then even more carefully making sure that all conclusions harmonize or fit together like pieces of a puzzle with everything else the Bible has to say. And in doing this, in in this slow, studious, diligent process, we worship the Father in truth. And then it goes on to say, For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And that's that word, spirit. We we worship God in spirit, as he is a spirit, and he must be worshipped in spirit. And if we, of course, do not have the Spirit of God within us, we're none of His, and and we can be sure we're not worshiping Him properly. If at all, uh, we're we're worshiping something else. If if we're not truly saved, well, uh, see, God likens true worship to worshiping in spirit, and. The passage we're reading in Revelation 13, the beast is giving, uh, not life, not life to the image, but again, let me read it in verse 15 of Revelation chapter 13, and he had power to give spirit unto the image of the beast. Satan, at the time of the end, which we're in, um, obviously, has given spirit to this image of the beast. Now in 2 Corinthians 11, I think we'll uh, be helped in understanding 
what's being said there a little bit better. In 2 Corinthians 11, we read in, um, I'll start reading in verse 1, just to establish the context. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Now, here God is moving the Apostle Paul to speak directly to the Corinthians, and basically he's saying that he fears for them, and he'll go on to address this a little bit more in in the rest of the things of the chapter, or the rest of the information in this chapter. But the fear is that they are so open to other Jesuses, other um, spirits, other gospels. And they're, they're wide open to these things. They're very accepting of these things. And very um, hard on Paul, who's bringing the true spirit, the true gospel, the true Jesus. And this is because even at the very beginning of the church age, there were unsafe people, tares, already in the churches that did not have ears to hear the truth of the word of God, but uh, they rather were susceptible to the deceitful teachings of of Satan as he infiltrated the churches and congregations through his emissaries. And this goes on to say that. But but here we find three synonymous statements. If he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Now, how do you preach Jesus? Well, it's the same thing as, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. That means to preach Jesus is the same thing as as preaching the spirit or preaching the gospel. Jesus, again, is the word made flesh. To preach Jesus is to preach the word. Preach the whole Bible and you're preaching Jesus. Preach it truly and faithfully, then you're preaching Jesus. But uh, but if you preach another Jesus, then you're not preaching it true and faithful. Or if you, you receive another spirit, then again, you've you've corrupted the truth of the Bible. Or another gospel. That's the term we're most familiar with. We understand that. There's the true and faithful gospel as 
laid out on the pages of the Holy Word of God. And then there's other Gospels that that distort and pervert and change that true and holy faith of the Gospel that, that God has given us. Well, that's the same thing as another Jesus and another spirit. They're all synonymous. They're, they're all saying the same thing. And, and so Satan the beast possesses power to give spirit unto the image of the beast. And again, the image of the beast is not a physical image. It's not a literal image that's carved or chiseled out of stone, but it is the likeness of Satan through the things that the churches teach. Since Satan is the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, since he is the man of sin, as Second Thessalonians 2 um, tragically points out, as it says in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, when God was in his holy temple, when when Christ dwelt in the midst of the church, he received the worship of the church membership, the congregation of the corporate church. When they worshipped him in spirit and in truth after his own image and likeness, then the Lord Jesus Christ received genuine worship. But now Christ is gone. Satan is the man of sin. He's the one ruling there, and he's the father of lies, and he has uh, his ministers of righteousness and and false apostles, deceitful workers that are preaching and and they're um, they're bringing a gospel, but it's another gospel. They there's a spirit there, but it's another spirit. There is a Jesus, they claim, but it's another Jesus. And through this, Satan is receiving worship. He is the one that is being bowed down to as church after church after church all over the world is believing the lie. They're believing the falsehood. There, yes, lies of uh, doctrinal type lies of of accepting the Lord and you'll become saved. Lies of uh, saying the sinner's prayer and you'll be saved. Lies of uh, baptism, being baptized with water saving, and lies that that partaking of the Lord's table somehow imparts spiritual grace in some mysterious way. Lies, 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 and all sorts of other lies on top of those lies. Yes, Satan is has the church established in his image through the multitude of these lies. But the fact that the church 
exist at all is a lie. That the church continues to meet and gather and for worship and, and they say to worship God. Uh, let, let's all gather together. Let's sing hymns and offer prayers. Let's read from the word of God. Let's have the preacher preach a sermon to us as we gather before God. It's all a lie. It's all complete deception. It, and there is no truth in it because God ended the church age. God's spirit departed out. And he commands his people come out and, and flee to the mountain. And God's people did. Over the course of several years, God gave time. It's not like this is, um, th- this was said to the church in a night and, and they had to leave the next day. They had time and the churches heard and the word got out there. And the pastors heard, and the elders heard, and the deacons heard. Now maybe they didn't, they didn't tell their congregation, but they heard, and they bear the responsibility. They heard these things as it was proclaimed from the Word of God. The church age is over, and they heard that Satan had entered into their church, and that he was the one. Um, that the spirit that was there and God's spirit was no longer there. They heard these things and they denied them and dismissed them and ignored them and continued on with their false worship. And it's in no way worship of God. It is completely 100% and has been for a long time now, for many years, the worship of the beast. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.